so there are two, so, so there are a couple things happening for me on this. One is the coloniality of empire religion mm-hmm. and the manner in which issues related to sexuality and gender are always connected to race, capitalism, and the reality of supremacy mm-hmm. culture. Every decision that is that is a decision of power is motivated by economic supremacy. Let's begin. Blank paper and pen. Stories to tell. Battles to win. Deep breath and count to ten. Let's begin. Let's begin. Let's begin. Let's begin. Let's begin. What up, folks? This is Leroy Barber with the Sit Up Podcast. And as usual, we are thankful for you, thankful for you spending some time with us, listening in and following along. You know you can reach us on Facebook at Sit Up Podcast, and you know you can shoot questions to me at Leroy Barber, either Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, and uh, I will get back to you and um, answer your questions or even put those topics up that you suggest. This week, we're going to continue this conversation around the United Methodist Church and their general conference that happened uh, a couple weeks ago. For some of you that don't know what that is, basically these large denominations have what they call general conferences where uh, all of their folks get together and they're delegates and they vote on policies and procedures and all kinds of stuff. Well, they do that every few years, every four years and different, depending on the denomination. Well, the United Methodists had one back in 2016 and in 2016, they, they got to this stalemate around the issue of gender and sexuality. And so they called a special conference for this year that just happened a couple weeks ago to talk specifically about the LGBTQIA community and whether they were gonna be fully inclusive of that community or not. So this past week, that's what they were talking about and voting on. And what happened is they voted to keep the traditional plan, meaning there is an exclusion exclusion clause in their policy uh, that talks about the LGBTQIA community not being um, not being biblical, not being a part of the Bible story, right? Um, as a principle, so. Last week we had a guest on and we talked a little bit about it. And this week, I want to I want to I want to talk about it again. Talk about it some more. Uh, and I, and I have a few questions. One, do you even care about this? Right? I know some of you out there are like, come on, Lee, what are you doing? Like, why why are you talking about this? This doesn't this doesn't matter to us, man. Get back to what we've been doing and talking about. And you know, I'm super thankful because we have been. A lot of you have been following along and and uh, and like what we've been doing, but we're not off topic. I don't think uh, so. So one, do you care? Right. Uh, so how do you see it? Right. I guess that's the other question that's sitting in my head. I, like this past week was uh, was uh, like really hard for for a lot of people. Right. A lot of people lamenting. A lot of people hurt. A lot of people struggling with the decisions that were made, and I think I think that's worth thinking through. Um, and you know, I, I probably started in a space of 
all right, you know, uh, you know, I don't want folks that I care about hurt. So, you know, I'm gonna listen in uh, to now pure exhaustion over some of it where, you know, folks calling and writing me and emailing me about it and saying, hey, man, you need to get out of there. You need to come take this job. Come on, man, leave that alone. Uh, to, to actually, to it was just kind of too much. And I just had to uh, put a post out, tell folks to leave me alone. <laughs> so, uh, so what do you think about denominations? Are denominations really still relevant? A lot of people think they're not. What do you think? What do you think about the term colonization? What does colonization mean to you? And what in the world did that have to do with this? Right? That's a question I want you to, to be thinking about on this week's podcast. What about colonization? What about missions and missionaries? You ever think about missions and missionaries and how that has affected the world? What does that mean? How does that connect? How does that relate? How does missions tie in to a denomination and how does theology fit in? Do they even belong in this conversation? What is what does that mean, Lee? Right? I, I, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you asking me this question. Some of you might want to know what does God have to do with any of this? And isn't this about money? Some of you had that opinion. What, what does God have to do with this? This is about money. I hear you. I hear you out there thinking about it. And then a big question is, is there a way forward? Is there another way for the church to be today? How is the church relating and connecting to your life or to the world? And is that even relevant any longer? And then what about the LGBTQIA community? Many are hurt in this decision. Is that the only thing happening here? Is this solely a discussion about the LGBTQIA community? Is that all, is that all that is in play? What about the term intersectionality? What does that mean to you? Well, today we're going to have Dr. Robin Henderson Mendoza on and uh, I'm excited. Uh, I'm a fan of hers, and she's brilliant in my opinion. So you stay tuned because that's our next guest coming up. This is Leroy Barber with the Sit Up Podcast. Stay right where you are. Listen, and let's be clear. You only get one chance, one opportunity, one request to appear, one moment to consider what you might hold dear, a few seconds to digest what might be coming near, a quick check of which direction you may want to steer. Maybe God is pro-choice. He gave each of us a will, a mind, a voice, and whether we will make statements, speak truth, or add to the noise is up to us to take the dust we've been given to treat our seconds like scents and watch how we spend them, to use our words like olive branches in the mouths of birds and watch where we send them. Take the negative thoughts we were taught, take our wounded souls and hearts and let God mend them. Let's begin, blank paper and pen, stories to tell, 
battles to win. Deep breath and count to ten. Let's begin. Let's begin. Let's begin. Let's begin. What up, y'all? This is Leroy Barber with Sit Up Podcast, and we are thankful again that y'all are here, and I'm excited about uh, our guest today. I've known her for a while, uh, Dr. Robin Henderson Espinoza. You might know her, um, uh, and she, like, visiting professor at Duke Divinity School, uh, visiting scholar at Vanderbilt uh, Divinity School, she founded uh, the Activist the- Theology Podcast, uh, has done some work with the Faith Matters Network, taught at Pacific School of Religion, uh, just, I mean, uh, studied at Denver, Univer- University of Denver. I mean, just, just- uh, All the things, all the things. Right? <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm being a little giddy because what I really love about you, Robin, is you you challenge me in every way around my thoughts about inter, like intersectionality that every time i talk to you it challenges how i'm thinking and yeah. i really appreciate that but not only like like yes you 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 have all all, you know, all the accolades nobody can deny your your academic achievements but you are also this highly relational person that i really enjoy being with uh, when we're together. It's been a long yeah. time, but yeah. I really appreciate that about you. And so we're going to jump in here. Um, and, and you know, I'm working with the United Methodist now, and it's been a year and it's been a little up and down. But this past week, everybody knows, most people, you know, tuning in know that there was a general conference and you are you're teaching right now at a Methodist school and have been involved with Methodism for, for a while and understand and know who they are. What do you, like, what do you think about this week? Where are, what is this church doing and where are they? Yeah, I, I mean, so I, I don't need to remind people of the lament and the deep wounding that this week has caused and that the legislative decisions that will be taken up by the Judicial Council, I don't need to, I don't need to repeat what a deep wounding that is. Mm-hmm. But I think what I've not heard, uh, on social media or even as I've talked with people, I've not heard two things. One is I've not heard how this is a, this is part of the colonial project of American Christianity. Mm. You know, what we had at the general conference were African delegates saying, Mm -hmm. this is the theology that you gave us. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm that is rooted in a colonial practice. And so we're, we're not even talking about the manner in which the ways in which the world has been missionized has been rooted in the logic of coloniality. So that's one thing that I want to say, and I want to be very clear about that there are ways that you can understand American Christianity and Christianity writ large as a colonial project or as empire religion. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the other thing I want to say is this is not just about LGBTQIA plus issues Mm. that it's being codified as issues relating to sexuality and gender, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. it's not, it's not just about that because we know that we can't separate 
sexuality, from gender, from ability, from race, from capitalism and whatnot. And I think what what we're not, for whatever reason, we're not able to follow the money on this one. And we we saw the decision is profits over people. And, you know, so there are two, so, so there are a couple things happening for me on this. One is the coloniality of empire religion mm-hmm. and the manner in which issues related to sexuality and gender are always connected to race, capitalism, and the reality of supremacy mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. So, so can you just give us a little blurb when you say coloniality of of, of religion? Yeah, give people a little blurb of like what that what that means. So, I'm what I mean is that at least you know every denomination has sent missionaries to evangelize the the world and there's a particular way that that is done that 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 can be seen as a practice of colonizing people Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, where where we go into and and i think we see we see it in lots of lots of ways we we have expectations of people we expect people to conform to our particular norms in this sense religion mm-hmm. um we 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 diminish um per particular cultural practices mm-hmm. um and we've done and the united methodist church the southern baptist church i mean all all churches have done have done this right they've gone into different countries and said this is the way that you should be practicing your sacred connection and we've used religion to legitimate colonial practice Mm. and i think we need to be honest about that Mm -hmm. and we need to be honest around the expectations that we had of african churches and churches around asia Mm -hmm. relative to the united methodist decision um that theology is still theology that is steeped in the coloniality of religion and has not been updated or adapted or even evolved, right? I mean, right. When, when, when you look at the ways in which theology has evolved, at least in the academy, you can see things like post-colonial theology, you can see liberation theology, mm-hmm that's addressing some of the contours of empire religion mm-hmm. or, or the colonial project of religion. Right. But at the local church, right, here's the separation from the academy and the local church, which is what I'm trying desperately to, um, to, to remove that separation, mm-hmm. um, is you see in the local church the same theology that has marginalized women Mm-hmm. that has supported patriarchy and that has upholded white supremacy that that upholds empire right 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 so so we know we we know colonization right we know that and that end game is money right it's right capital. right are you saying that you're seeing the end game of decisions like this 
that were just made that the end game is money and we just can't see it? Is that what you're saying to us? So that is what I'm saying. And, and, I, and I will substantiate it by saying this. Every decision that is, that is a decision of power is motivated by economic supremacy. Mm. So you look at some of the African churches who are being supported by American churches, white American churches, mm-hmm. um, who are receiving funds from, let's first United Methodist Church, um, you know, in America, whatever, whatever that church is, right? Sending funds to an African church. Mm-hmm. That church is not going to um, rebel or or go a different direction. Why? Because that would jeopardize the funding mm-hmm. that they are receiving from the American church. So we always have to be very careful about following the money on these decisions. Oh. Why? Because money is about power and power is toxic and mm-hmm. economic supremacy is real. So right. yes, absolutely. We, we need to follow the money. And, right. and no, and like, who's talking about that? Yeah, that, that, that hasn't come up. Um, much at all but i found it interesting and i didn't understand this so when they gathered on sunday night there was a vote that had something to do with pensions right right? that was the first vote taken so when i listen to you and i think about that even though i don't understand what that all meant perhaps that that does say that this has something to do with our pension and our money i don't know if i'm getting that right or not but I mean, so let, let's let's just even pull back a little bit and let's just think about the Civil War. Mm-hmm. And because this is this is something that probably most of us are all familiar with, right? Um, Civil War broke out in an attempt to um, to to basically fight for the right for 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 black bodies. I mean, sort of. Uh, on a grand scale chattel slavery was eradicated over the fight for land Mm -hmm. and property right Mm -hmm. so so even if you look at charlottesville in august of 2017 that that was still about land and property rights Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right when you think about the alt-right coming to charlottesville we and you know Hegel talked a lot about this around um, around property rights and and the manner in which capitalism is embedded um, with property. So we when when we when we are talking about money when it comes to the United Methodist Church, uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know people are not willing to give up their pensions, nor uh-huh. are they willing to give up their buildings. Right, the buildings uh-huh. belong to the domination, not to the local church. Right. 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 So. We, we, have to, we have to remember that every sort of fight for liberation has, mm-hmm. has been a fight over land and body. Wow. Yeah. Which is almost, which the, the sort of plumb line in those things is the ways in which social capital flows or doesn't flow. Wow. So, so okay. You, you started us with colonization. Yeah. Right? A colonization of, of religion, which puts us around this idea of money, right? Yeah, yeah. And finding that and ch- and chasing that, where you identify as 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 queer, right? Yeah. So that came up. That's the issue at hand. But what you're saying to us is 
this is not just about that. So tell us how that intersects with what, what happened, right? Yeah, yeah. So my sense is, is that um, the United Methodist Church is using issues related to sexuality and gender. So these would be lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, intersex, asexual people. Mm-hmm using a particular understanding of identity to make decisions and enforce rules relative to those people. Mm. But we can't, we can't understand that being an isolated issue because, um, as I am a trans queer Latinx, my queerness is also connected to my racial identity of being a mixed race Latinx. Mm-hmm. So, and that's for every, that's true for everyone. Mm-hmm. You are not just a man, you are a black man. Right, right. Black lesbians are not just black women, they're black lesbians, right? Mm-hmm. So we have to think about sexuality and gender as also being deeply connected to race Mm-hmm. ability and social class mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so when when the united methodist church is seeking to uphold the traditional view of the book of discipline and a sort of what i think is uh, an unevolved way of understanding sexuality and gender i mean right. it's i mean they're sort of up i mean did you see the part where where there was a delegate that said well let's let's uphold let's uphold um the the part of the book of discipline i guess that was removed years ago let's bring that back and and um hold people accountable for divorce polygamy etc did you, you know so it's like this is not just about this is about power and the ways that power works mm-hmm. and we're going to use lgbtq people as scapegoats mm-hmm. Wow. Um, because in as I look at it, this is just fortifying supremacy culture. And and the culture that is upholded or fortified is a culture around um, cisgender, white, heteropatriarchal normativity. That that becomes mm-hmm. the norm and the value for the ways that we understand how to be with one another in community. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. but we also know that that has a history of being part of the colonial project. Why I mean why was why was the nuclear family uh, the stable site for state recognition? Mm-hmm. It's the the manner in which property could be owned mm-hmm. and social capital could flow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right. This is all. This is this is not. Super, I'm not trying to be super meta when I say this. I'm like. This is just how I think things are, right. and we're not we're not talking about it. Mm. So, so a, a couple more questions. One sure. is, what do what what do you then say? Um, I, you know, I I am in Portland, right? So I'm in the middle of a place where, you know, they're white progressives, right? right. Um, and which are which are the most dangerous kind? Let me say, white mm. progressives are the most dangerous kind, and the reason why is they're not willing to take a risk. 
And I always ask the question when I preach in churches and, 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 and white serving churches, white serving institutions, I always ask the question, are you revolutionary or are you a charlatan? Mm. Mm. So, yeah. So what would you, what, what work do the, like, does that community need to do? White progressive community. What, what, where would you have them start? Yeah. I mean, in the same way that, that, white serving institutions, sites of higher ed, it, I, I would see them as parallel, that white serving institutions need to divest from supremacy culture mm. and invest in those who are most impacted by power and oppression and privilege, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which means listening to the voices of the margins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a way forward, right? Now, what we're hearing now is a lot of language of a way forward. How do we move on? What do we, what do we do? Are you suggesting that the way forward starts with identifying leaders from the margins to take this forward? Is that what you're suggesting here? Well, I mean, I, I think you don't want to replicate the same power structures or the same power dynamics, right? Mm -hmm. a, a, in a way forward. Um, we need to pay attention to the churches that are leaving the United Methodist Church, like Glide Memorial in San Francisco. That was just written in the San Francisco Chronicle yesterday. Mm -hmm. They're leaving the United Methodist Church. Um, so uh, it is a way forward, a splintering, which then sort of violates the connectionalism of United Methodism. Mm -hmm. um, or, I mean, I think, I think they tried a way forward, right, with the one church plan and let, letting local churches decide, right? Um, so, so now it becomes a much more complex conversation and, and strategy around. So if we don't want to use the same power structures or power dynamics to create a way forward, then what is the third way, right? Mm -hmm. What is the ways in which we can divest from current power structures that have, have been harming people, certainly those sexual minorities and gender minorities, um, you know, what are those tactics? And then how can we create a pathway um, of harm reduction? Mm. And I think people are not asking that question. Yeah. Right. People want a way forward, but they're not taking into account that it needs to be trauma informed and it needs to be rooted in harm reduction. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do I also hear you saying that we need to be careful uh, in how we move if we don't, if we don't, uh, intersect all of these things, then we are actually only upholding supremacy. Yep, that is what I'm saying. Wow, man. So, so, so see that—that that I think is the grounds for, for to me, for a new church, right? Yep. Like the church in America being reestablished, understanding intersectionality. Right, and forward in that direction might be our might be our only way forward. Might be our saving grace. Right? Yeah, I mean, I think that we need to pay. We need to start paying attention to what Kimberly Crenshaw and other intersectional feminists have been saying for decades, mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. um, people of color are triply or quadruply oppressed in our current systems. Well, so I. I, I want to, well, one, thank you for being on today. Of course, of course. Uh, and two, 
I'm sure there are gonna be a lot of questions for you. How can people get get in contact with you? How can they how can they reach out? Yeah, so on all the platforms, Instagram and Twitter, I am my handle is irobin, the letter I R O B Y N. Uh, my website is irobin.com. My email address, you, I have a contact form on my email address. Feel free to reach out. Um, but the good news is I'll be in Seattle um, in, in April. And so maybe we could get together and hang out. Yes. Yeah, so we are, I mean, I, I, we can, if you're okay, I mean, you're going to be in Seattle the end of April and we're planning an event for you to speak on this very thing. So yes. folks out there that are listening to the podcast as we get it out, know if you're in the Northwest, uh, that doc, Dr. Robin Henderson Espinoza will be in Seattle at the end of April and we're going to have right. an event. So, That's right. Uh, so we look forward to that. Yes, uh, yes. And, and again, thank you so much for being So good on. to be here. So good to be here. This is the Sit Up Podcast. This, I'm Leroy Barber and I am excited for you to hear this, this, uh, this broadcast, but also excited for you to, to be uh, with us in April in Seattle. Thanks, Robin. Thank you. Live life like you know the clock's ticking. On your mark, get set, ready. Let's begin. Let's begin. Let's begin.